Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Prima Deer, session number 526. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited that you are listening. Now, if you're likely listening to this episode after seeing the title, you are the parent of a pre-med. Have no fear, if you're a pre-med and you still wanna listen, you can listen to maybe understand how your parents or your loved ones, those who support you, can better help you through this process. Before we jump in though, I wanna talk about the MCAT Minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Did you know that in life in general, you have to prepare, you have to plan, you have to know what you're going to be doing if you want to be successful. There's tons of studies on planning and creating plans and goals and all of that fun stuff. Did you know for the MCAT, it's no different. Go create a free plan. That's your MCAT study schedule, your plan at blueprintmcat.com for free today with their free account. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. Create a study plan based on when you are planning to take the MCAT based on your specific schedule, based on when you can take your full lengths and days you know you're not gonna be able to study. And best of all, we know that life always gets in the way, somehow, some way. You have an off day, maybe you're sick, you can't get to everything that specific day that the Blueprint MCAT schedule wants you to do So you just take your mouse, you click on it, and you drag it to the next day. It'll rearrange for you. It is super smart. Go play with the tool today for free over at blueprintmcat.com. Remember, the best way to prepare for your MCAT is to have a plan and follow that plan. Plan the work, work the plan. That's what they say. Blueprintmcat.com. All right, let's go and talk to Denise. Denise is a co-founder of a Facebook group specifically for parents of pre-meds. That group is called Pre-Med Parents Support Group. Now, that group has a hyphen in the pre-med name. I'll talk to Denise about removing that hyphen because as we know here, we do not hyphenate pre-med because pre-med is its own word at this point. So we we don't need no hyphens. So Denise, if you're listening to this, Let's talk about dropping that hyphen. You don't need to search for the group in Facebook. You can just go to premedparent.com. It'll take you right there. Again, premedparent.com. Request to join that Facebook group. Read all the rules. Agree to them. 
or don't agree to them. Just don't join the group then. <laughs> agree to those rules and join a super collaborative group of parents all helping their loved ones try to get to med school. Now, if you are pre-med or if you are the parent and you want your student to find an amazing group as well, have them check out premedhangout.com, which is our Facebook group for students. Again, super collaborative group for students on Facebook. But we're talking to Denise today, again, co-founder of the pre-med parent support group that now has over 8,400 members Her child has gone through medical school and is now in residency. She has lived this. She has breathed this. And we talk about supporting her child through this process and what you can learn from all of the expertise that she has had developing this group and helping other parents along the way. Denise, welcome to the pre-med year. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to talk with you today. Uh, You are not a pre-med student. You are not a doctor. No. But you have a very important role in the life of someone who is a doctor as a parent, correct? Yes. Who who is a doctor in your life? Yes. Elise is a, she's actually a um, first year resident. Okay. Um, And very busy. Yeah. So- at what point did you realize that you were going to be supporting someone going through the pre-med and med school process? When, when did she come to you and go, mom, I'm going to be a doctor? She kind of talked about it in high school. Yeah. Um, and by the time she was looking at college, she she kind of figured that that's what she wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, we don't have any doctors in our house. Okay. So um, I was kind of clueless. Um, and... That's kind of how the whole thing started. Yeah. Um, so you, you, know. you as the parent here, um, you can take two routes. Be the very, uh, we call it tiger, t- the tiger parent, right? The very overbearing helicopter parent. Um, right. Or you could be the very gentle uh, panda parent. Panda parent. <laughs> the panda parent. Yes, did you have a style of parenting already or did you force yourself into a specific style as you were helping your daughter through this process? I was very much a panda parent. Yeah. Um, I always kind of knew what my kids were doing, um, but never kind of stepped in um, unless I had to. Yeah. Um, but the problem with her being a doctor is I didn't know anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't know anything at all. Um. I didn't know what she had to do, what she didn't have to do, what classes. I mean, you know, she'd come and say I'm taking classes, but I never even found out what classes she was taking. Yeah. But that was the way it was in high school. Right. You know, the the report card would come home. It'd be A's. It'd be like, OK, good job. <laughs> good That's job. it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, a lot of parents aren't like that. How important do you think it is as a parent who is listening to this, who's going to be supporting or is supporting someone going through this process. How important do you think it is to know everything that's going on? I don't think it's important to know everything, but I do think it's important to understand what your kid's going through Mm -hmm. because it is very stressful for them. So I think to be able to, understand when you call them and their you your their answers are fine fine <laughs> and fine mcat that you fine. just go uh, 
this is what's going on here and you have a great day yeah. and hang up. Right. Because, you know, asking them what the problem is or whatever isn't going to help them. Yeah. But understanding that the stress that they're going through, I think, helps them better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, pushing them doesn't. Doesn't really give them the. It doesn't give them anything. It just causes more stress. More stress. Don't need stress from mom. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you want them to come home on their breaks, so you don't want them to be upset. So um, you want to know what's going on, but you don't want to get to the point where you're telling them what to do. Yeah. You run a very successful pre-med parent support group, Facebook group, a parent of pre-med uh, mm-hmm. support group on on Facebook. We, I, I'm in that group with you, which is how we know each other. We see the gamut of of panda parents and tiger parents. Yes. yes. For someone listening to this who maybe just found out their kid wants to go be a doctor, what do you think is a good first step for that parent? I think the first step as a parent, and it's kind of the first step I took, which was you go out and you find out what is required of that? So, okay, my kids in high school, they they said they want to be a doctor. What does that mean? You know, what what kind of classes do they have to take? What kind of degree do they have to take? What other things? So knowing those things is so much easier so you understand what your kid's trying to do. Um, but in the same sense, you know, you got to kind of let your kid make decisions of what they want to do, but having the information of knowing, you know, they have to go if they're getting a different degree Mm -hmm. and they want to still do pre-med, how they're going to take those extra classes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as electives, or if they have to get some clinical, what they can do, or knowing that when they come home on a break sophomore year, they may need to do something, some shadowing or something, Mm -hmm. and you can get involved in those things. Kind of <laughs> just by asking all of your doctors. <laughs> yes. That's right? how I got one of my first shadowing gigs is from my mom. I, honest to God, yeah. every single doctor you go to. Yeah. It's so much harder for a doctor to look you in the face and say, no, I'm not going to let your kid shadow me. <laughs> right. So yeah. you ask every one of them. I actually had doctors offer um, that <laughs> my orthopedic, who we saw a lot <laughs> because we had sports kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he offered flat out offered. So, you know, ask, make grandparents ask everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to you and and watching your style uh, over the last couple of years, you, it seems like have taken the approach of kid, you're going to do what you want. I'll be here to support you. We see a very different style sometimes in the group of here's what I want my kid to do. Help me, help me figure out that style. Is that, is that wrong or just different? I, I don't know if it's yeah. wrong. I mean, I, it's wrong for me. Yeah. Um, because I would never tell my kid what to do Yeah. because it's her life. Right. But also I, I am, I am past medical school <laughs> and into residency where I see how absolutely. I mean, she works her, fanny off right Mm -hmm. and she's never home and when she is home she's sleeping yeah (laughs) so 
I see what that's like. And I, 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 then I hear these parents who want, I want my kid to do this. And I think, Oh, like that's rough Mm -hmm. because you, you don't realize how awful it can be to get where they want to be. And how many years, I mean, some people, some people are 15 years into learning. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I was married 10 years after I graduated high school I mean, these kids are doing all this stuff and have to somehow find a life too. So yeah. it's rough sometimes for me to watch parents want to push mm-hmm. because it's hard on your kid. Yeah. One of the biggest things that comes up all the time in, in these groups is the the fear of perfection, the fear to need perfection. And there's a lot of conflicting opinions out there. One that says you need to be perfect. Med school is really hard to get into. Mm-hmm. And then there's my my line that's like, you don't have to be perfect, right? You just oh. have to be good enough um, to show med oh. schools that you're you're competent. For the the parent out there who's listening to this, who just saw their quote unquote report card from from college, uh, got their transcripts back from this that semester and they they got a B in, in OCHEM. And now they're freaking out, oh my gosh, is my kid gonna get into med school? What sort of advice do you have for that student the the parent out there who's worried that their kid isn't perfect 4.0 student? Well I guess the first thing I would say is how many doctors are going to be interviewing your kids that are perfect? <laughs> Right. I mean, they know what they've it's been through, number one. Number yeah. two, one of the things we do do is when it comes time after uh, an app cycle, we ask people to post, mm-hmm. you know, how many interviews did you get? What were your scores? Because now it doesn't matter. You're in. Yep. And we do see that there are kids with phenomenal scores mm-hmm. and phenomenal grade point averages that don't get in. Nada. Zippo zero. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? We keep saying 45 to 55% of great students don't get in just because there aren't enough spots. And it really, perfectionism isn't, perfectionism doesn't actually equate to a great doctor. Yeah. Do you want to hear my saying? I I don't know if you've ever heard uh, my, my kind of rundown, my, my thought process on, on, acceptance rates it's really hard to to know what true acceptance rates are right because there's three application services they don't talk to each other and so right off the bat we have to do some fuzzy math to go well amcas says it's about 40 percent uh acoma says it's about 38 percent whatever the the current numbers are but you have to do some fuzzy math and go well the people who didn't get into amcas maybe got into acomas and vice versa and so i i think the true Acceptance rate across the board is probably closer to 50%, roughly. And then I've seen lots of horrible (laughs) applications across the years. And I'm like, "Eh, if we subtract out the people who should not have applied, but they're like, eh, I don't know any better. Or right. eh, I'm just gonna try and see. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll just do a practice round. I'm like, okay, if you want to donate some money, go ahead. Um The acceptance rate's probably closer to 60, maybe 70% if you throw out some of those trash applications. And when I tell parents that and students that, they're like, oh, okay, now I'm a little less concerned, 
right? There's still a lot to be done and you have to have a really good application. Um, But perfection is not the goal here. Nobody's perfect, right? You're always going to have that one class that you just didn't get Mm -hmm. or it just didn't click. Or maybe you had a teacher who the way they taught didn't click with you. You're human. But I think that kind of shows that you can still muscle through, right? And you can you can still get there. Yeah. I just, you know, we get a we get a lot of parents that want abs, absolute perfection. And but it also seems to be the same parents that they don't want their kids to do anything that isn't medical related. Yeah. Let's talk about it, that. What what do you mean not medical related? Like when you go, okay, so you kick, your kid goes to undergrad. Yeah. Right. And you know that they have to do the shadowing and the clinical. They're most likely going to do that in the summer, right? Let your kid go and join a couple of groups and actually have some type of social life mm-hmm. um, while they're on campus. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, the pre-med group. It yep. can be a bowling group. It can be anything, but being able to, have some fun on campus, A, relieves stress, yep. and B, you know, they become social. Yeah. These are kids that are going to have to talk to patients. And all those patients aren't going to be just like them. They're going to be all sorts of people. Being able to relate to anyone um, in a situation, that's what you get by being social on campus, Yeah, by meeting new people. And mind you, something parents don't think about. And, and I did with all four of my kids, they go to college. They don't remember how to make friends. Mm. They've been going to school with these kids for 12 years. Right. So they know who they are and they know where they sit in, 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 in high school social scene. All of a sudden, I mean, I got a call very first day, just come and get me. Oh no. It's okay. I'll go to community college. I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) paid the bill. You're staying. Sorry. But they don't know that. So they're scared. If you're going to, if you're going to say anything to them or push them, push them to get out and meet friends and learn along the way. Yeah. The, the pre-med culture at a lot of universities is very toxic. And I think that's important for parents to know. And I think what you're saying is like, go enjoy things outside of the pre-med world, outside of the medicine world to go be around students who aren't stressed out all the time about getting straight yeah. A's. It's very yeah. important. And, and I think it's very important to, to understand for a, from a parental standpoint that it's okay if your kid wants to do intramural sports as a distraction. It's okay if your kid wants to, to go be a, a, an archaeologist for 20 hours a week, whatever it may be. Yeah. It doesn't, it, the, the student's application, their life does not have to revolve around medicine. Exactly. And I think that that helps them in a way. And it, that also, I, you know, my daughter went in, and she talked about some of the things that she did that had nothing to do with medical. Yeah. On her application um, and interviews. Yeah. yeah. And that was helpful to her just because she had something in common mm-hmm. with one of the doctors. And that's what they talked about. 100%. Uh, if, if the only thing that you have in common is the, the patients that you worked for, the, you know, the volunteer work, you're not going to have as much to talk about. Yeah. 
at, you know, at the end of the day, I, I always talk about human connection as the the point of this whole process. Your your application is is being read by someone who you're trying to connect with. The interview you're trying to connect with this person, and it's not ooh, you're going to connect with me because I'm hardworking and dedicated and I love science and want to help people. It's, oh, you're a Star Wars nerd too? Sweet. Let's talk about Star Wars for 30 minutes. And it can be that. I mean, it can be that you love playing video games. Yep. That works too. Um, But you have to, you have to have something and that's your outlet. Yeah. Right. You know, you're looking to be a sociable person, Mm -hmm. right? That, that job, this job is sociable. Yeah. Right. You can't hang out in your office and not talk to anybody. Yeah. So unless you're a pathologist, just kidding. Pathology. (laughs) Just kidding. I know. I know. Anyway, Um, what do you think is the most common question that that you see in your pre-med support group? My well, the most common question is, is this clinical? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so much so I get that question. We have isitclinical.com. We want to make like a, a whole game around it. <sighs> yeah, that's probably the number one. Is this clinical? Yeah. Um, why is that important? That? Why, why is that an important question? Well, I think a lot of people think that if I were, if, if, if my, my son or daughter gets um, a position in a hospital, mm-hmm. You know, can that be clinical? Yeah. Well, you need clinical hours. You need patient hours. You need yeah. to be able to prove that you can work with patients. That you like that it. You enjoy, yeah, enjoy. That you like it. Yeah. You yeah. enjoy working with patients. Yep. Um, and that you can do that all the time. You know, we say you, you have to do it all the time. Yeah. You can't do it for one summer and say you're done. Um, but we also get like, you know, uh, the, 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 the greeter. Well, no, that, that's not working with patients. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I had a student who didn't get into med school. He was applying. And on his application, he had paid medical clinical as the category, paid employment medical clinical. And his job title was environmental engineer, a.k.a. janitor. And I was like, Oh, oh, sweet, sweet boy. Um, he was like, I, I didn't know. Like, I, I thought I, I'm in the hospital, therefore it's clinical, right? Yeah. And that's just no, no. Clinical no. is being around patients, interacting with them in some way. It's a really hard question to answer. There's lots of nuances, right? It's very right. easy from a, a big picture. And then when you get into super specific nuances, and it gets a lot harder and people are very confused about that. But it's very important for you, as you as you mentioned, um, as a parent supporting a student through this process, make sure that they're getting those clinical hours to prove to themselves. Yes, I, I like being around patients. And that's and that's what it is. I'll, you know, a lot of people ask us, how many hours do I need? I'm like, oh. <laughs> There's no answer to more that. More than zero. Yeah. You know, we just want to make sure that you're doing it continuously yep. and that you like it. Yeah. Because if you don't like it, yeah. you really need to stop and think about what you're doing. Yeah. It, it sounds like such a silly statement. I was on a conversation or a call. Um, I don't think the, the interviews come out yet with she's she's now a professor of biology at Arizona State. She went to med school. She was a pre-med. She went to med school and she goes, Oh, I don't like the hospital. <laughs> Never mind. And she dropped okay. out. She and, and I asked, I'm like, what could have pre- prevented that? She goes, getting more clinical experience. Yep. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. she didn't have enough to prove to herself that this is what she wanted. She was smart. She she could do well on her tests and her MCAT and all that yep. stuff. And in. yeah, and and yeah, and that, you know, and and a lot of it too is what they it, what people pick, yep. right? You know, you have to know you want to do it. Yeah, for the parent out there who has a high school student, one of the questions all the time. What school, what major? What school, what major? Oh, gosh, I hate this question. <laughs> Why? Oh, because, okay, so every year yep. I post the letter to <laughs> senior high school parents, which really has to do to all high school parents, um, that pretty much goes over just about everything, I think. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you go. Um, and I try to explain to them why it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, med schools don't care where you go. They don't even care what you did in your undergrad, right? You could be a dance major. They don't care. Um, they just care that you got your prereqs done. You took your MCAT and you applied. And yep. if it was a great application, they're going to read through the whole thing. Yep. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, and I've had parents argue with me. I've had, a, I had a parent argue with me that going to Harvard was definitely better than going anywhere. Yeah. And that I was crazy if I didn't think it was better. And I was yeah. like, it's not. Well, obviously the they only people, obviously the only people who get into med school are Harvard grads, right? You know, <laughs> I, and, and when she argued with me, I said, no, it's not. They don't look. And she said, well, they have better teachers. And then I laughed because I said, oh, I've been to college. <laughs> Everybody's had a horrible teacher, no matter where you go. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have a, a son who is an engineer who dropped out of a Calc 2 class because he was not doing well. Hmm. Decided to take it over the summer at, at a community college, came home and said that, that that teacher was better than my Calc 1 teacher, better than my Calc 2 teacher. He was amazing. And I'm like, ah, community college teacher, see that? Yeah. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. It, nobody cares. <laughs> You're not getting extra points because you went to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the the very specific micro truth is, and I always throw this uh, as an asterisk onto everything, is there one medical school out there that potentially has as part of their rubric, did they go to an Ivy League? Let's give them a bonus point. Sure. Mm-hmm. That is possible. Sure. Does it ultimately matter? No. No. Yeah. No. No. And point blank, when we get, I mean, just the other day, we got a parent talking about how her daughter got an Ivy League invitation and she wanted to go there, but she has a full scholarship to a state school. And I'm like, go, go. Oh my God. Free ride. State school. Yeah. Oh my God. Are you kidding? Free. Go. Um, You know, med school's expensive. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I don't know if the parents understand that when you go to undergrad, your kid isn't going to take those loans. They'll get about $30,000 total over four years. Mm. You have to take the loans for undergrad, not your kid. You do. So if you want to pay $75,000 a year, (laughs) okay. Uh, Are in your name. (laughs) God bless America. (laughs) Once they get to med school, those loans are in their name. Yeah. So, like, why do it? Yeah, it's not it's, worth it. It's insane. It's not worth it. There's, no. there's, um, 
always a question about, well, this school has a better pre-med program. This school has a pre-med office that says 95% of our students get in to med school. How, how much do you think parents should look into that stuff? Well, first of all, I wouldn't believe anything about percentages <laughs> of getting into med school. Uh, I, I have an engineering background and I've taken a lot of statistics. And yeah. let me just tell you, statistics are great when you pull everything out you don't want to do yeah. to deal with and throw it all together. Um, statistics of how kids, how many kids or percentage of kids that get into med school do not include every kid that started out in their freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids that dropped out, the kids that didn't make it, the kids that didn't apply because they were not ready. Um, so it's very manipulated. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't look at those, first of all. Um, as for a pre-med office, I mean, it's great if you have a great pre-med advisor, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that works in your favor. Um, do you have to have a pre-med, a great pre-med advisor? You don't. You can... You can go through and do what you need to do on your own um, because in, in my world, if your kid finds a college that they love, that they fall in love with, that they feel like they're at home, where they feel like they're going to do a bunch of things that they feel like they belong, mm-hmm. better off to go there with a bad advisor than it is to go someplace else with a good advisor, but they don't necessarily like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Uh, it's, it's hard to um, potentially from the parents' point of view. Right. And I, I have two little kids. I'm not at the college age yet. Um, oh. It's hard. It's hard for, for a parent to potentially go, go here where there might not be that person to guide you through that process. And we'll have to yes. rely on information from, Facebook or the Dr. Grace podcast or whatever. Right. Um, And it's scary versus this person there's, they're there for you and you may be miserable the rest of the time. Like it's, it's, I can understand that predicament. Listen, your kid is going to have times when they're miserable at school, right? They're either going to have a hard class or, you know, they're going to be calling you, telling you, bring me home. (laughs) Um, they're going to have ups and downs just like we all do in regular life. Yeah. Better for them to be in a place where they're comfortable enough to make friends. They're comfortable enough to venture out of the circle that they have been in, in high school. Right. And learn new things and kind of thrive. Mm-hmm. Right. Get their wings. So it's better for them to be there and for, you know, at that point, parents can go online. The kids can go online. They can learn what they need to do. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty set. Yeah. You know, so I would rather have my kid happy than unhappy because unhappy kids come home. Yep. Yeah. My, my general statement around that is, uh, don't go to a great school, go to a school that will make you great, right? Where you will thrive as a, as a person. So, and that, and that, that is the same for med school as well. When, when students are looking at med schools to apply to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because unhappy, I'm telling you, unhappy kids come home. (laughs) Seen it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, let's talk about gap years. 
gap years, I, I think, are very confusing for parents. Uh, there, there's a very stereotypical gap year before college where it's like, oh, no, you're going to go be a hippie for a year and not going to go get your education and all, all this other stuff. Um, I, I've been talking about gap years lately as kind of an empty vessel. They're neither good nor bad. There's no judgment to them. It's what you fill that vessel with that makes them good nor bad, productive, non-productive. What have you been seeing gap year parent struggles? Well, I mean, I, parents definitely don't. I mean, they're not thrilled with gap years, a lot of them, especially the ones that tend to push a little more, right? Um, I mean, we have parents that d- don't understand why there aren't more BSMD programs because, or, or parents that don't understand why they can't start right out of high school like they do in Europe, right? Um, and they, they they want their kids to go straight through and be done, Um And I'll be honest with you, when my daughter was shadowing, one of the doctors told her not to do a gap year, Mm. which I, I, at that point, was the first time I had ever heard of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I wish she had done a gap year now? Yeah, I do. I really do. But again, I'm on the other side of it, right? So she's been going to school or learning for the last 11 years, and she has four or five, six left, right? Um, so yeah, I wish she had had a break. Yeah. I wish she had. And I think for point blank for the mental health of the kids to crush all of that in together for some kids, it's a little bit easier. They come in with a lot of credits, um, and you know, they're either going to graduate early or, you know, that'll give them time to study for the MCAT. It's not easy to be going to class mm-hmm. and studying for the MCAT at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, you, doing extracurriculars and doing and doing and doing like there's right. a lot. Yeah. And, and, and that's something you actually have to plan for back in freshman year, right? Yeah. You've got to make sure your plan is that you have a very, very light schedule so that you can do that. And you have to plan years earlier. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of stress. I can't tell you how many times people are like, Oh, they're not ready. What do I do? I can't get into another test. It's like, you know, don't take it. Just don't take it. Don't take it. A year. Just don't take it. A year's not going to kill you. You know, put it off until August and then, you know, don't apply this year. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, we actually had a parent say that she talked her kid into it this year. I was excited. I'm like, oh, thank you for being the first parent that's ever said that. Right? Because it's not, and as she said, it's not a race. Yeah. It's just not a race. You know, they're going to get there eventually. Yeah. So. Yeah. A a very common question is like, do you want to be a doctor or do you want to be a doctor tomorrow? (laughs) Like, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's I mean, and you know, being able to take a year, you, you can strengthen your application, um, whether volunteering or clinical, you might actually get a vacation. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, because you're never going to get a vacation otherwise. Yeah. I, I looked at the data recently and it, it was somewhere around 64, 65 percent. Don't don't quote me. Um, but but for parents out there watching and listening to this, uh, the AAMC does what's called the the MSQ, the um, 
matriculating students questionnaire and mm-hmm. uh they'll ask a question like how many how many years has it been since you graduated and it's like 64% of students have taken at least a year off from school now that again taking a year off is not good or bad it just is right it's just a data point we can't say that oh you should take a year off because that's better mm. because we but we can't But don't you also think it's maturity Oh, I think I think um, obviously an extra year helps a student mature. It helps yeah. space things out so they're potentially not as stressed and they can they can breathe a little bit more. But again, I, I don't know if we can just make a, a judgment call that says they had a better application just because there was a gap year, right? It's like again, what did you do with that gap year? Um, uh, did it, did you do an evaluation of your potential application and go, Oh, I'm missing clinical experience. Oh, I'm missing some shadowing experience. Oh, I have a really big semester this time when I'm supposed to be taking my MCAT, I'm going to take a gap year so I can space things out and not crush my GPA and not have a bad MCAT score. Right. But another thing that kids don't, and parents don't think about either is like, so my daughter matriculated in 2018 mm. in med school. And the very first thing she said to me was, I am one of the youngest ones in my class. Yeah. And it bothered her. Interesting. So that's another thing you're not thinking about, right? That when they get there, they really are going to be the youngest ones there. Yeah. Traditional applicants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the average and, age is still around 23, uh, 23 years old. So it's 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 about an, a year off of school. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, I, I think it like I said, my daughter mentioned it. It bothered her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, if I could have if I could switch it now, I would have had her do it. Yeah. But, you know. It's like a t- running train, right? <laughs> yes. Can't stop that train. Yes. Newton's second law is always in, in play. That's um, right. So um, the, the other thing that seems to come up all the time is, is the MCAT. This, this four little, four, four letter test uh, called the MCAT. Um, we, see, we see parents in there. My my kiddo got their score back. It's a five twelve. It's a five sixteen. Oh my gosh! Should we retake it? Because the average at that school is a, a five eighteen, and they need at least that to get in. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts when you hear that? I I, I I unless you're applying to the Mayo Clinic, who only takes about twenty four students, I don't know that that would ever ever matter. Yeah. Um. I always like to tell parents. That your scores don't, I mean, obviously we're going to have people that should not apply Yep. that apply. So if you take those people out, um, it doesn't matter what your score is. What matters is what your essays look like. Mm. Period. Point blank. Can you draw in anyone that starts to read those essays? Yeah. Because the minute you do is the minute that you, they're going to really start combing over your, your application yeah. for interview. Yeah. If, um, if anyone wants to know, as I reach, reach over and grab my, my book, uh, I'll, I'll do a little uh, plug here for the, the pre-med playbook guide to the medical school, personal statement book. Um, yeah, they're important, right? Uh, the way that I've been trying to talk about stats lately is, um, 
there are stats uh, ideally that don't close doors, right? That that's all I think yes. about it, right? Does it does it keep the door open or does it close it? Yes, I agree. I totally agree because everybody again, everybody has their sore thumb, right? Mm-hmm. So there are some people that just don't test well. Yep. Right. But they have great grade point averages. Yeah. Right. And so it just, I don't think it stops them. I think them being able to communicate, them having a a, a, a well-rounded app. Right. Yeah. So they have their clinical, they've talked about their feelings and what's good and what's bad about medicine. Right. Um, they've dug deep. Um, that's what matters. Yeah. I, I mean, I, my daughter's wasn't that high. I think yeah. my daughter's was 5'10". Yeah. So let, let's let's talk about numbers, right? Again, I, I like looking at the data just to be able to talk uh, about this. The, the average matriculant MCAT score for, for AMCAS schools, because it's the AAMC that typically provides most of this data, is a 5'11.9". Yep, I with, pulled it yesterday. <laughs> with with a standard deviation. And this is something I, I actually uh, feel ashamed because I never look at standard deviation. I'm like, oh, that's not important. And then I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, well, you have to look at the standard deviation. I'm like, why? Yes. They're like, uh, because it's math. And it, the yeah, standard is deviation is 6.7. And when you 6. look at 7. what standard deviation means, it's about 34% of students get into medical school an MD yep. school for those who care yep. between a 505.2 yep. and a 511.9. 34% of students are getting in with scores between that. Yep. And and when you actually think about those numbers, you're like, oh, a lot of students get in with what many people would consider a bad MCAT score. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and it just goes to show you <laughs> – you know, if you have a if you have a sub five hundred, maybe you should. You know, then yeah. we're going to talk. Yeah, let's talk. Right? <laughs> yeah, but it is amazing to me, and and even of our parents that post. Yep. What great we are seeing kids that are have a five hundred six, a five hundred seven, who got six interviews. Yep. And it's like. This is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, but Denise, the, it doesn't the, the have first, to be a five twenty. The first thing that will come up is, yeah, but what schools were those interviews at? Yeah, I mean, med school. Another <laughs> med schools. All United States med schools <laughs> are the best to be in. Yep, doesn't matter where you go. Yep. If you can get into a, U, a, a, a U.S. med school, you have you have hit the lottery. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, right? I, I often talk about uh, the comparison between law schools and med schools. Law schools very much have um, that kind of elitism surrounding it, right? Of mm-hmm. like, if you want to work at the big law firm in New York City where they have 20 offices around the world, you have to go to Harvard, right? They only will take Harvard graduates. Med schools are not like that. Any med school yeah. that you go to, MD, DO, in the U.S., will not prevent you from having the career that you want. No. I, you know, I often ask parents, when you're in the rating, in the waiting room or the office, do you look where they went to med school? 
Yeah. I like then, you know, that's usually hanging on the wall. Did you, yeah. do you know when you made the appointment? Did you know? Yeah. I was at the doctor's office yesterday. I have no idea where that doctor went to med school. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, you don't know. You don't know where they went to undergrad. You don't know where they went to med school. Yeah. You just know they're a doctor. And do they care and about you? Got, you know, so yeah. it, yeah. If you get into any med school. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, uh, Denise, as we wrap up here for the the parent out there who is a little bit wound up because their their kid wants to be a doctor, and of course they want the best for their kid. Uh, what what final words of wisdom do you have for that person besides going and checking out the pre med parent support group the, on Facebook? Uh, the best thing you can do is learn about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you the, the more you know the better you're going to be able to help your child. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do it for them because you can't. Yep. But the more you know, the more you can help them. Mm-hmm. So if you know that they're, if, you're, if your child says, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some clinical work, you can go, okay, you know, do you want me to get the address to the hospital? Do you want, you know, small things, right? Yep. Small, small things, but you know, you know, the things that they have to do in undergrad, right? So you understand the process. You'll understand when they start talking about studying for the MCAT, what they mean. You can ask them, do you want to take a class? Do you think that would be helpful to you? If it's not fine, but you can offer those things to them. Right. And most of the time I tell parents, you just have to eat your feelings. <laughs> kind of You kind of do, you know, you're, they're adults. Yeah. And you have to eat your feelings and your stress and, you know, come online and we'll help you. You know, um, that's the worst part. The, 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 the Saturday before match week, I was a mess. Saturday and Sunday, you know, yeah. I'm sure my, I wasn't going to talk to my daughter about it, but yeah. you know, find a support, you know, find a friend who you can talk to about it. But if the more you learn about it, the better you'll be able to help your child in, in a productive way, I think. All right. So there you have it again, Denise from the pre-med parent support group, go to premedparent.com and that will redirect you to the support group. So go check that out today again, premedparent.com. And don't forget for your loved ones, for you as a premed, whoever you are listening to this, go check out blueprintmcat.com and use their free study planner tool to get a plan for your MCAT prep. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Premed Years. This is MedEd Media.